0: Is Microsoft Dynamics NAV, which is now also known as Business Central, the most versatile, scalable, easy to use, fastest, and most productive ERP software available?
1: Yes, yes, it is. It's <laughs> magical. Woo! All right,
2: yay! Over 200,000 businesses running this. Come on the fat guy. or fat? Guy. What did I say, what? I'm Sorry. <laughs> if any of the operations that you're doing require the use of an outside processor, or subcontract vendor, mm-hmm. that is not supported with assembly.
0: Don't be afraid to talk to your partner.
2: Today, we're drinking Arrogant Bastard Ale. Oh, ho, ho. I wanna know why uh, Jim picked this beer with the other one.
1: Because I really think it resembled, you know, my personality <laughs> more than anything else.
2: Level three, Knuckles has been dispatched. <laughs> He's on his way. Yeah. I think one of the benefits and detriments all at the same time is the visibility that it gave us into our actual data. Welcome to another edition of A Shot of Business Central and a Beer.
0: Hey everyone, it's time for episode 25 of A Shot of Business Central and a Beer. In this month's episode, we're still bringing you the latest Business Central news, We'll be joined by Stacey Lingenfelter who is an associate partner and director of ERP systems at GoToPartners. We'll be taking a look at JobWhip and Business Central and we'll be discussing some new upcoming Business Central apps. My name is Michael Introvertolo aka the person who coined the phrase the greatest power in business is the magnificent power we all can possess, the power of Business Central. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as always, I'm joined by the man who realizes that turning your ankle still hurts like hell,
2: no matter if you're a business central superstar or not, Mr. Ken Sebahar. <laughs> hey, Michael, how you doing? Happy to join you as always here, and and on this special day in particular. Um, not only first first and foremost, it's your birthday. Oh, it is! It is. It is. So happy birthday! Thank another so year, Ooh. another year wiser.
0: Yes, very true. One hundred percent.
2: And and it also not only if that's not good enough, uh, it's also your work anniversary. Yep. Seven years. Seven years. Congratulations! You're officially a veteran. Yeah. Now at this point, I think uh, I still remember on my one year anniversary, you called me up and you're like, "You made it a year. You're here for life." And 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 it may have taken me a couple of years to realize this, but you know, it, it, it seems like you started working here on your birthday. Yeah, I did. Same day, Don't figure right. <laughs> and it's still the same day. Yeah, it's not going to change. So yeah, happy birthday to you, and also welcome Stacy. We're so thrilled to have you with us today. Yes, welcome,
1: Stacy. Thank you for having me. Uh, Longtime fan, guys. Big fan. Nice.
2: Thank you so much,
0: Stacy. Was uh, actually nice enough to go out and get the same exact beer that Ken and I will be drinking today. Um, the beer by Pipeworks Brewing Company. Now, Stacy, I think you said before when we were chatting that you have not tasted this beer before. Is that is that
2: true?
1: I have not tasted this beer. It looks very interesting. Very interesting.
2: Nice. And 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, what what what's your usual go to beer? Are you a beer drinker?
1: Oh, I am very much a beer drinker. However, I am the standard Miller Lite kind of girl. Um, I recall from the last podcast that Michael was not aware of the calories. They are ninety six. <laughs> and there is 3.2 carbs in a Miller Lite.
0: Really? Yes, go.
1: for your reference for the future. Wow.
0: I'll tell you what, <laughs> those carbs make all the difference in the world after you try that non-alcoholic beer from the last podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bet they do.
0: <laughs> Although Ken yeah. was a big fan. I'd, I'd mu- well, I'd much rather have a Miller Lite, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> So this month we are drinking, like I said, a, a beer uh, by pipe from Pipeworks Brewing Company. So let's get a little bit of background on Pipeworks Brewing Company. They're established in Chicago in 2012 uh, by a, co- a you know a couple of friends who shared a dream of crafting quality and creative beers. Uh, let's see what else we got here. What's interesting about this brewing company is in Illinois and in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Madison, Wisconsin, they self-distribute their own beer, but hmm. they use different distributors for other breweries nationwide
2: hmm. so different like rules by state or something maybe, on maybe who, yeah, who yeah. can distribute
0: yeah but uh i went on their website kind of a weird website you think you'd go on a a brewing company's website and there would be a tab or you know something on the ribbon that, that said beers there's nothing i had to go into the ordering tab and and pick like a style of how i wanted to pick it up and then see the list of beers and uh, they have 317 total beers, but this particular beer, and I don't know if, Stacey, you go out on uh, BeerAdvocate.com at all, but this particular beer has no ratings, no nothing on BeerAdvocate.com. So I don't know hmm. if it's a brand new beer or whatnot, but hmm. I got lucky finding it at the first store
2: I went to. Well, I'm going to crack it open and uh, take a pour here. Let's see, right. see what this looks like. Ooh. All right. So looks, uh, looks like a hazy IPA at first. Kind of brown. Yeah. And kind of looks uh, like
1: apple cider.
2: Yeah, it does. It <laughs> does. Yes. Smells like apple cider? It does.
1: It looks it's, like it.
2: it. well, it smells fruity. Yeah. And the can the can has a bunch of cartoon characters on it, uh, little little people that are in the shapes of strawberries and bananas. So it says it's an oat ale with strawberries, bananas, and milk sugar.
0: The can kind of reminds me of, like, a 70s cartoon
1: or something like that. That's what I was thinking, it's, the commercial for the movies, you know, where the it, little yeah. con- concession commercial. Where they right, at the drive-in
0: theater, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Know, let's take a sip here and see what we got. Taking a sip.
2: Oh, that's different. Oh, that's really different. It's got a little like sour, right? Like a little bit of sourness
1: on it. Yeah. I agree. It's from the, I think the strawberry. It's not bad, but it's like the third sip, right? That's what they say. Yeah. The first one's always the best.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting uh, that. I thought like this, in the, the aroma, I got more like of the bananas, maybe.
0: I'm not getting any uh, oats, I don't think.
2: Yeah, it's kind of it says that's like a more sour, you know, than a bready flavor.
0: I'm not gonna lie, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be,
2: which is always a good thing when you're picking out a beer. (laughs) Eight percent alcohol, (laughs) that's always good. (laughs) And and it's and it's in a pint, the sixteen ounce can. Yeah. So um yeah, so Stacy, I think that's that's almost like two and a half Miller Lights.
1: Oh boy. Okay, well, I better not drink too much before uh, I start talking, huh? <laughs>
2: good
1: thing, good thing I didn't have one before.
2: Yeah, but uh, yeah, good though. so this might might sneak up on you a little bit if you're not Yeah,
0: I, I mean, you know what? It's it's a little bit of a different change. It's funny because this beer and that 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 other one that we had that milkshake one, um, the, judging by the names and the and the look of the cans and whatnot, yeah. I thought I was going to absolutely hate them. You know, but it's not that bad. You
2: know what, I mean? <laughs> what a what a what an, what an endorsement!
0: <laughs> well, it's personal preference, right? It's not that bad,
2: says Michael Introvato. <laughs> not as bad as I
0: thought it was going to be.
1: <laughs> Did you notice it's a label on the can? It's actually like a printed label. Oh, maybe, go, maybe go. Maybe go. Partners can sell them the labels. See?
2: Maybe. Oh yeah, so they can just buy a boatload of these. Uh, just aluminum cans and slap a different label on it
0: i love That's how the specialist like. nope. i
2: love how the specialist from go partners notices and we had no idea of course <laughs> she's she's looking at yeah labels produced by the, uh, you know
1: uh-huh <laughs> i'm gonna send this in it's
2: not
0: bad so should we do should we do a uh, an early rating and then maybe rate it again after it kind of
2: gets a little bit more warm or it's up to you you ready uh i, I say let's wait let's let's let's, let's hold wait. off yeah need to right. need to uh evaluate a little longer here reminds me of like a pina colada type of
0: fiber it's kind of like I mean? a
2: mixed drink the fruity the yeah. Like I, I, could, I could put a
0: pineapple in this and be okay yeah you know an umbrella <laughs> yep. so let's see what else we got that for it I don't know if I mentioned this company makes 317 total beers. Wow! Uh, the name of the beer we haven't actually said is Groove Grove. It's an oat ale with strawberries, bananas, and milk sugar. Um, it's a pale ale, American.
2: 317 beers. Wow! Maybe it's a lot of beers. Pick right? a lane.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they want to keep their craft status. <laughs> Maybe they have produced 317 beers like over over the course of their
0: I'll tell you what, when I went on the website and actually found where you can order the beers, there was a lot of beers. And the the description for this one was For the first time, we've brewed a beer with bananas. Groove Grove is a smooth and creamy blend of strawberries and bananas. The fruit duo seriously dances and swings through each sip. The fresh strawberries (laughs) pop up front, and then the banana flavors swoop in for a
2: seriously tasty finish. Yeah, so I remember, now I know where I've heard of Pipeworks. They make a beer called Lizard King, never heard and it's like a, a pale ale. Um, that, that I've had one of them. I've ha- had that a few times before.
0: You ever, have you ever heard of Pipeworks, Stacey?
1: I have not. This was uh, an interesting find when I saw it. So I, I when I asked my husband, can you go find this, he was like, um, I've never seen that before. So as I mentioned to Michael, he had to go to several places to find it. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: I feel bad. (laughs) No, it's good. (laughs) And now you guys got seven more cans, so hopefully you like it.
1: We do. It's not bad. I I really... I don't think it's bad. It's really carbonated. Like, it's just consistently bubbling there, so...
0: Yeah. It it definitely reminds me more of a mixed, like, fruity drink than an actual Mm -hmm. beer for some reason.
2: And I think you prefer, at least I know you prefer more carbonated to less carbonated.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. So it, not that bad. I can't remember what I paid for four for a four pack. I don't know if it was twelve or fifteen dollars. Yeah. So kind of kind of comparable. You with, get eight percent
2: alcohol. Guy. You get you're getting your, yeah. It's a big big. Your money's worth there. Yeah, for
0: sure. It's not too bad. But yeah, enough with the beer. Yeah, let's, let's get <laughs> special. <laughs> learn cast. more about GoTo
2: Partners.
0: Yeah. So, like we said earlier, we've got Stacy Lingenfelter here from GoTo Partners. So Stacy, uh, wanna maybe give us a little bit of a background on uh, you know, who is GoToPartners and you know, how long they've been using Dynamics NAV for and whatnot?
1: So uh, GoToPartners is truly an amazing place to work. Um, we've been in business since 1995. GoTo is an ESOP company and our ownership culture kind of creates this family-like environment. So everybody's always encouraging everybody and supporting one another. We have 11 offices now. Ken, I didn't. I don't know if you know this, but we recently opened our latest office in Viva Las Vegas. So oh, this just okay. happened. Yes, it's very exciting stuff. Um, we have a whole group of like talented people. It's hard to say what we do exactly. So it's more like uh, the easiest way to describe it would be: we identify customer challenges and then build a solution to address those challenges. So our services range from marketing to warehousing to technology solutions, supply chain solutions. Obviously, we sell labels as well, as I mentioned. We offer like a really broad spectrum of services. So like I said, it's easier to list what we don't do than what we do. (laughs) So.
2: Sounds like definitely a lot of a lot of. Yeah, seems like it's really evolved uh, over the yes. years, right? From yes, you know, I think you we started using uh, Dynamics uh, back in around two thousand seven, I believe.
1: So in two thousand seven, we started looking for a new ERP system, and then we actually implemented Nav in two thousand and eight. Okay. So and we've worked with SSI since then. Um, even when we were looking, uh, SSI was the first partner that came in to work with us to show us the solution. And obviously, we're very thankful we made that choice because as we've grown and expanded, it's proven to be invaluable to us with the vast variance of our different needs as they've come up. And we've never run into a roadblock once that we couldn't achieve something we wanted to in the program. So it's been awesome for us, I have to say. And SSI is awesome as well. Yeah, and I, I think
2: that I think that's a real testament to to NAV and now, of course, the newest versions of Business Central, um, because of the breadth of the product. Right? It's like you know, you're like, oh, hey, we just uh, expanded internationally. Can we do multi-currency? And it's like, yeah that's yep you know standard functionality or hey we just started doing uh, this can we do that yeah and it's like you know it has a really good breadth of functionality that allows you to do different types of processes right
1: yeah it's so I mean it's very robust it's we've went from a printing company and we've now taken on all these other services that we're doing and it's we've been able to find a way to customize or do an add-on or We'll work with Armella. Like Armella is our developer. Obviously, you know that from SSI to just come up with creative solutions on how we can achieve whatever thing we need to do.
2: Yeah,
0: very nice, very nice. So I feel kind of bad also because uh, I should have asked you first to give us a little bit about your background on you know what you do and, and who you are. So maybe you want to tell the listeners about that.
1: So my background, as far as GoToPartners, is I started working there in 2001, um, which was prior to us implementing NAV. And during that time, I kind of took the challenge of developing and implementing procedures for the current ERP system, as far as the administration and end user functions. So I was trying to define best practices and to reduce errors that were happening. During that time, we went through an acquisition And after the data conversion was when we realized that the ERP system we had was not going to cut it. So that's when we started looking at NAV and we looked at a few others and ended up, like I said, in 2008, implementing Navision 5.0. And myself, I've just, we acquired a few more companies and then I've just evolved into this role of managing our ERP system, and all the different technologies that are currently connected to it. So right now, I think we're running about nine different platforms that we are integrated with, and we're currently looking to integrate more. So we've got all these various technology elements that we're connecting to, and we've grown and grown and grown, and now I'm directing all the... Little pieces that connect.
0: It's amazing. So, when you first started at GoTo Partners, did you ever think that your role would evolve into being the uh, ERP uh, or director of ERP systems?
1: I did not. I started there doing inventory. So it's a little crazy what has happened there. So, just from isolating the issues and trying to do best practices, I started just really getting into the system. Our old ERP system was um, SQL as well. So it made it a little easier to get the information out of. So it's great. Can, yep.
0: True, true, uh, true American story, I guess, right? Climbing. It up is. The ladder.
1: Yes. Climbing Definitely. up the ladder. Yep. <laughs>
0: um, so I don't know if Ken wants to take one or you want me to jump in. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I've got, yeah. All go right.
0: Ahead. So what then I guess would be like, uh, your, your general perspective on NAV or your, your thoughts on Nav. Maybe you've got some favorite features. Maybe there's something you like. Maybe there's something you really don't, you know, you really don't like about Nav.
1: I don't. So. There's nothing I don't like about Nav.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: <laughs> so Nav is like my child. It's actually a joke around the office. So I know it sounds funny, but I've literally feel like I've watched it grow up from a little baby, and I'm really protective of it. But if you can imagine taking something and adding all these customizations and watch, you know, just finding all these different ways to turn it into something that can almost seems like magic happening. As you got, you know, automating something and the process and watching somebody having to take 20 steps to do something, only having to take two. So I love the flexibility of it. It's just, it's such an easy program to work with.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great analogy too, right? Like a Kind of raising a child from you know a child to being a teenager and then into an adult, you get to see all the mm-hmm. different forms and shapes and and how it, you know how it takes shapes. That's it's yeah. pretty good. I, like I think that I too.
2: think that's I think that's really important too. Just from a like you know, for, there's there's people out there that maybe they're like looking at implementing a new ERP, right, or, or looking at implementing Business Central to to mm-hmm. to understand that like you know when you implement and you go live that it it you know, you need it to do the required functionality that you need it to do, but it. But then you plan on having it, you know, it's going to develop over time and you're going to add more features, add more functionality, maybe build more reports um, that, it is, that it does evolve. It's not like a static, you know, Scalable. a static system that just you implement it, it does what it does and that's it, right? Grows as you grow.
1: Yeah, and Microsoft, obviously puts in new features and you know betters the feature that features that are currently there and it's it's always evolving always getting better always new capabilities are coming out with it so i have love it
0: you s- have you seen the i guess the newest version of it business central and if you have are you a fan
1: i have look i've looked at some things i've had a couple conversations with ken about it um upgrading definitely on our radar the leap to Business Central is a little scary. I think (laughs) Ken referred to it as jumping into a pool that you think is cold. Um, But it's exciting. So with the new plugin functionality and the promise of that less evasive future upgrade. So for us, obviously, lots of customizations. So we get a little nervous when it comes time to upgrade. But I think there's a lot there for us in the future as far as new capabilities. So pretty I excited that's,
0: about it. I think that's the general consensus with everybody who has to make the leap from NAB to Business Central. Everybody's yeah. kind of a little worried, a little scared. You know, like you said, customiz- customization's gotta be apps and, and, and what whatnot, yep. depending on the version, but.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and, there's, and there's options like of which version of Business Central you're gonna go to if you're on-premise, right? Or do you mm-hmm. continue to go on-premise or do we move to the cloud, yeah. the online version? You know, there's all these decisions that have to be made, but um, yeah, well, after you jump in the pool, And and after that initial (laughs) shock, shock, then before you know it, you're swimming around free and easy.
1: Yeah, just Just keep swimming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Stacey, do you have any uh, lessons or tips for, you know, anybody who's new to NAV or Business Central? Anything to come out with?
1: I would say the one thing that I very much remember from when we originally went to NAV when we converted the software was we tried to make things like our old software. So we were changing it so that it would be easier transition for the end user So my advice would be when you're converting from another solution to NAV, don't make decisions so that it looks or works like the old software. It might seem like a good idea to make that transition easier for the end user, but it's really no reason to change the functionality. You are getting rid of that software for a reason, and the users will transition to it really easily, and we saw that especially when we went from classic to the role-tailored client where we didn't make changes. It it was so smooth. It's just people are so scared when they change. Just have them roll with it, and they're going to love it.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's just...
2: Mm -hmm. just Nature. Yeah most most people most people adapt and I and I actually I think I think that the trend is that um more and more people I mean adapt easier and easier it seems now um where even now with with the newest releases of you know Business Central people you know a lot of people always said that well we want to use it out of the box and we don't want to customize it um but but we're we're actually seeing that in action now where where people are doing that and they're adapting to it. And I don't know if it's just because of the pace of technology and they're, they're used to learning a new app every day on their phone, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. Um, I or, don't know. But or, but, but it, that, that's what I'm seeing. Or it's so
0: feature-packed that,
2: I mean, everything's true. There.
1: Yeah, I can see it doing that, too.
2: <laughs> Easy, big <problem>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the,
0: like the point of Nav, right? I mean, the point from what my perspective was if somebody who bought Nav was because you kind of wanted to customize it and tailor it to fit your company and do what you wanted it to do. Right. It's one of the great things about it. Right. I mean... It is. You don't really want to hear too many people running out-of-the-box
2: NAV, right? Um, no, there's... You know what? There, there's usually... It always has been. A real sweet spot is where, you know, there's companies out there and they're, they've been looking at ERP for a while, at new systems, and and they do something that's unique. You know, that, well, This we do this or we do these two different things that we can't seem to find in one system and we've looked at all these different systems and then uh, with with NAV or business central it's like you're able to develop it to fit, to fit that that one major uniqueness or something that you have
1: yep.
2: and then everything else right is is vanilla right you know
0: i don't think i've ever heard of anybody saying oh i really wish we would have these customizations and we're just running out of the box you know could you imagine using your software, Stacey, with no customizations, no nothing? It might be I cannot.
1: Cool. I cannot. It would be, now it would seem so tedious to do so many things that we've, you know, automated to, to process. So, But I can say we have changed some things that we initial, initially programmed to work a different way. We've changed it back to how it originally was because we realized it worked better how Microsoft had originally designed it. So we've had a couple, you know, bumps and bruises along the way, but we've learned yep. a lot. Yeah,
2: yeah. You li- you live and you learn. Yep. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Um, got anything else you wanna?
2: Yeah, I mean the, the one of- the one you know one question that I you know I had from from you know your role internally, um, you know, I, I guess just speak to like uh, like on a day to day basis, you know, just what are what are some of the ways that you help go-to partners run and operate uh, dynamics successfully, right? And like, how do you interact with users or how does that process work um, to make sure that all your end users are happy?
1: So at this point, we have an actual team. So there's, it's a group of four of us. I would say five if we include Armella, but um, we are, you know, we're kind of, Constantly maintenance, um, going through just designing, developing the different integrations we have. I still, because I've been there for so long and I've been there since the inception since our inception of nav, I literally still today was answering questions about inventory. So my day to day is still just like it used to be. i I have this the same. Interaction with end users, helping them to, to solve some business problem that they have, how they can do it in NAV. We're, we are literally every day doing some sort of customization, and I'm not even kidding. So we are just consistently, and we use Jet Reports and Power BI, so we're constantly building reports. We, like I said, there's four of us at this point that are working in there. Um, you know, customers. We help them at the service, doing data mining on on their information that's in our ERP system and helping them make decisions. So, we are all over. We are just all over it. Put it that way, if I could say it like that. We are just in there and making the magic happen.
2: Yeah, it's almost like a a blessing and a curse, right? At times where, like, let's say you know, a user comes up to you and says, "Hey, I'd really like." Um, you know, if, if we could move this field over here, right, um, that would really help me out a lot. And then, you know, you go do it, and you come back 15 minutes later, and you're like, hey, check that out. And right, and it was like, so seemingly easy that, right, that just opens the floodgates of requests. for you.
1: Well, That was the beauty of personalization. I didn't have to do that anymore (laughs) because they were able to move it themselves. Yes. But I know what you're saying about like, they want to add this column or that column or that column. And then they're like, oh, there's so many. And it's like, again, you can personalize that and you can move things around. I I hope to God business central is like that. I haven't looked into Mm -hmm. that, but. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna love business stuff.
1: Okay, is there drop and drag? Okay, that is the one feature I do have to say I don't like when you're personalizing and you have to use the up and down button. So, do we have drop and drag yet?
2: Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Oh. When you yeah, when you yes. yeah, when you personalize a page, right? Yes. You can drag columns around to 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 move them move them in order.
1: Yeah. Okay, that that's good to know. I don't know about the down
2: button. Yeah, right. I know what you're talking about. Yep.
1: Yeah, I miss that because classic, you used to be able to move things around. So I yeah,
2: that. there's, 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 yeah, there's still. I, I think like at this point, with with uh, you know with Business Central, there's you know th- with all the new technology. I mean now you right you can run it on your iPhone or or t- Android tablet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they, there's a huge technological shift that got done. And I would say that like ninety-eight percent of all the things that you you at, at any point could do, you now can do um, from a like a per, you know personalizing it in terms of dragging columns around, expanding mm-hmm. the width of the columns, yep. um, choosing. How about
1: is that on the web like the web interface as well? You can do that.
2: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're, nice. yeah you're. Yeah. You're. Yep.
0: Yeah, on, on promise, it's virtually. Yeah, I mean, and then
2: yeah, and the newest, you know, in the newest release, there, it's all web client. It's all they call it the modern client, and it's all whether you're running it on your phone or your Windows Ten machine, it's the same user interface, really.
1: Oh, that's nice. Okay, so that's something even more so to look forward to. It's a,
0: it's the, it's a next generation software in the now. <laughs> look at this guy. <laughs> it's,
1: working, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, all right. We don't want to keep you too much longer. So, if Ken doesn't have any more questions, we can jump into the uh, the rapid shot, and then we want to get your review of the beer.
1: Okay, yeah, let's do it.
0: Ooh. All right. So, it's five yes or no questions. I'll pay my homage to Dave from Barstool Sports. Everybody knows the rules, as he says. So here we go. Number one: Are you a fan of artificial intelligence within ERP software?
1: But of course, yes.
0: <laughs> do you use Microsoft Teams?
1: I do not know, except for this call.
0: Oh. Number three, are you related to John Lingenfelter of Lingenfelter Performance?
1: I am not, but I do wish I was related to the Lingenfelter Corvette guy. But yeah. Go ahead. That's the guy. That's the guy. Yep. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay, yeah, that's him. That's no, guy. I'm not, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe somewhere in my lineage, but no, not that I'm aware of. <laughs>
0: Number four, do you think on-premise software is more secure than cloud software?
1: I have to say, yes, I do.
0: Mm. And five, <laughs> so last but definitely, definitely not least, I can't talk, is Microsoft Dynamics Nav, which is now also known as Business Central, the most versatile, scalable, easy to use, fastest, and most <laughs> productive ERP software available?
1: Yes, yes, it is. It's <laughs> magical. Woo! All right. Hey. <laughs> oh,
0: great. Well, you successfully did the rapid fire uh, question segment. So now all that's left is the beer. Tell us what you think and give us a uh, a rating on the scale of zero to one hundred. I think uh, we do below fifty.
2: You can't I'll, drink a glass. Let me. I'll start. How about oh, I? How about I start?
1: Going.
2: All right. I don't want. I don't want Stacy to have to go first.
1: Put then. put the pressure on me. Go right. ahead. Penn
2: so my uh, my rating system yeah zero to 100 um 50 means that i below 50 means i'm probably not going to have another one right over 50 to 100 is as i will um so i am exactly sitting on top of the fence right now because i kind of like it but the but it has a there's a sourness to it and I, i'm not a fan of sour beers yeah. So I'm going to go 50.
0: Oh, that's hmm. a lot lower than I thought you'd go. Yeah. Would you prefer to me to go next, Stacey, or you want to jump in?
1: Um, I can go. So what? I have to say I don't hate it, which I was really surprised. I thought I was going to hate it. The only thing I don't like, and I don't know if you guys will agree with this, is it kind of leaves a palate in your mouth of a banana. Like, I don't know. There's like a, a gritty, a little bit of a gritty – Thing going on i don't know but um i don't hate it so if i had to say will i drink another one so 50 was the rating i would say 60 so i'll probably drink another one
0: i'm way out of the park here now so me um i look at this as a beer that would kind of maybe replace wine and like a wine tasting with cheese you know what i mean you know, for the Kentucky yeah. Derby, you've got your hat on. You're very gentlemanly <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I'm going to go 75. I could definitely drink a couple of these on, like, a a, a, a nice day. Um, to me, it's a very light beer. Maybe almost too carbonated, though. Or maybe that's just the oats talking. But, yeah, I'm going to go 75. There you go. So.
1: Look at, see, I don't drink wine, so maybe that's why I don't.
0: Yeah, I really don't either, but
2: I just kind of picture wine and cheese for some Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't done a statistical analysis, but I'd have to say you're a higher grader than I am. Is that Would you agree? Probably. Generally. Yeah,
0: but you're also a more seasoned beer drinker than I am.
2: I don't know. We've been I, at
0: this for like two years now. Yeah, but I literally, the only time I drink alcohol is during the podcast. <laughs> so once a month, you know, uh, and, and before the podcast, I never really drank beer. It was always, if I had a drink, it was more like a mixed drink. You know what I mean? Come
2: a long way, kid. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Especially since I didn't like that non alcoholic
1: beer, which is. Now
2: you're drinking (laughs) banana strawberry
1: oat oat ales. Yeah, yeah. For crying out loud. My beer can's got an umbrella in it. (laughs) With milk sugar. The milk sugar is still a little.
0: Lactose? Is that the word? I don't
1: know. Lactose?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not lactose intolerant, so. Okay. There you go. All right. Well. All right. We appreciate you taking the time joining us on our podcast. It's been a lot of fun, and you know, thanks for all the insightful tips and and, and whatnot. We truly appreciate
2: it.
1: And yeah. I truly appreciate appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Stacy. All right. Thanks. Have a good one.
1: Talk to you soon. To Bye. Soon.
0: That was pretty good to have Stacy. Uh, Go to partners, a little disappointed that she's not related to uh, the Lingenfelter guy who's actually customized the Corvettes, but can't win them all, right? No, <laughs>
2: no, no. Uh, she checks just about all the boxes except that one, I guess. Yeah, definitely. but no, it was great to have her on here as an end, you know, just having an end user, you know, in her perspective and how I thought it was really, you know, um, you know. Eye-opening of how they how they took the system, how they deployed it. They were doing uh, print distribution,
1: yeah.
2: you know, 15 years ago, and and now they're they're basically a technology, marketing, and warehouse consulting services company, right? And providing a lot of other different types of services, but yet still able to use NAV to manage and Dynamics, right, to manage their business.
0: Yeah, you know, it's really always good too to hear the perspective of somebody who's actually. Been with Nav and used Nav for an extended period of time. You know, not 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 a lot. You know, a lot of customers we talk to, or you know, they've they've had it for one or two years. But to hear somebody who's actually you know gone through the the classic client, the role tailor client, and and seeing the differences and, and and you know and added all the customizations, it's really you know it's really refreshing to hear somebody who uh I guess is on board, who's drinking the Kool Aid so to speak, right with with Nav and and loves yeah. it and. You know, you take advantage of the features and you use it for what you can, and it works out really well. So, yeah,
2: yeah, and I've seen you know a lot of companies out there that that use uh, Dynamics, and uh, you know, the ones that that are the most successful that get the most value out of it are those that have someone like Stacy in house on staff, right? Yep. Who who does take take ownership of the system. And then works with users to make sure that it's meeting all their needs, and that they can, and that they have the reports and the data that they need, and can do also a, a, some of that legwork internally because you know you don't always want to have to be reliant on your Microsoft partner, right, to be doing everything for you. Yeah. So the, you know if you have that someone in, in house, they can they can take on quite a bit. Quite a, quite a significant portion of the role. Yeah. And then you, you involve your, your Microsoft partner for those technical pieces or, or certain parts where maybe you don't have a certain knowledge, maybe like on multi-currency right. or some manufacturing process that you haven't implemented before.
0: Yeah, right? and, and I think we had, when we had Mark on our director of implementations, mm. one of his key things to a successful implementation was having the proper resources, and I would say that for a, a bigger implementation, somebody like Stacy is the proper resource, somebody to kind of manage it in house, knows yeah. about it, you know, and like you said, not relying completely on the partner because a it's costly, b it, it takes a lot of time, you know what I mean? So yeah,
2: yeah, no, she definitely adds a ton of value, and and that and go to partners, I believe, I believe it's got they've gotten a significant amount of value out of their. ERP be because of her role there yeah. and what she's been able to do. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, great to have her on. Hopefully, we can have her on the podcast again. But moving right along into the shot of Business Central, a um, bunch of different news this time around because uh, the Directions Conference just wrapped. It was uh, the first time I believe it was virtual. It was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so April, what, twenty? 20- 6th uh, 7th and 8th.
2: And This is the the Business Central Partner
0: Conference. Correct. Right? Definitely. So, a lot of uh, a lot of cool information, a lot of a lot of cool sessions. But some of the things that I got uh, the takeaway were is that for Business Central online, it's it, it's got some momentum, right? So now there's 15,000 customers online. Wow. Over 1400 apps on AppSource. There this one was pretty shocking. There is a 200% annual user growth. Very so, good. yeah, and over just just over twenty seven hundred Business Central partners. Wow. So
2: it's 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 pretty pretty good momentum. Um, and that's important. I mean, that tells me that there's a huge user community out there, both of both partners on the partner side and customer side, uh, and a ton of online content, user forums, yep. um, and and like you know, with with you know, your, there's plenty of partners out there that can help you. As yeah. as an end user, right? Tons of possible opportunities to get you know to yeah. have companies to provide services for.
0: You. Yeah, I think Microsoft is actually realizing their their goal, right? Lots of partners. It's global. It's a great software. It's you know efficient and and yeah. whatnot. So, but some of the things that uh, um they they were talking about with the improvements to Business Central, uh, the one I want to talk about is the speed improvements. So it is 20% faster to open the roll center page, 98% faster to post payment journals, 40% faster posting of background document batches. There's been a three to five times reduction of SQL reads with Dynamics 365 sales integration. I know a lot of people have complained, well not complained, but have had issues with the, the system running slower when they have the Dynamics 365 sales integration. So it's really good to hear that. Uh, web services are up to 25% faster. API performance is up to five to six times faster. And report performance is up to three to six times faster. Wow. So that's pretty huge for reporting performance. Yeah.
2: No, that, that's, that's very important. I think um, it's always one of people's, one of their, I mean, there's a few things that concern them when they're looking at running, a, um, you know, going to Business Central Online is, um, you know, is it secure, Sure. right? And, and, and I think we've talked about this before, where, um, you know, uh, Microsoft is probably better at implementing security policies right. than a small to mid-sized business, yeah. right? For sure. Um, but the other thing is performance, you yeah. know? They, 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 people are used to having total control over their server and their infrastructure environments. And they know they can throw more resources at it if it's not running fast. Yeah. And there's – you know, they're, they're, one of their concerns was, well, if I go to this Business Central online, I don't have control over that. What's the performance going to be like? Right. And um, you know, definitely Microsoft recognizes that and that's continuously being improved. Yeah. Uh, as you just demonstrated.
0: And, and I think another thing that, that a lot of people are kind of concerned about, um, and I'll let you talk more about this, is, though, is when they first start looking at Business Central, and especially in the past, is – the the storage capabilities of of Business Central. I mean, I know it has been costly for certain storage things, and a lot of people question is the eighty gigabytes enough or whatnot. But they're making a lot of improvements, and I know you've got a, I think you've got a list of,
2: yeah, well, 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 yeah. Let's talk about that real quick then. Um, Yeah, one of the so so with every Business Central deployment. Right, um, that uh, every every company received eighty gigabytes of space. Um, now I'll tell you that that's quite a bit of space, especially if you consider that doc that attachments, right? The but when you store like a picture or images, those don't count against that right. eighty gig, right? And Microsoft is doing SQL compression behind the scenes, which effectively doubles that capacity. Yep. So you're talking about 160 gig of data in your database. That's huge. Well, they had come out with a pricing policy where they then said, okay, fine, but if you still exceed that, you can pay per gigabyte of space. What they've now what they're now coming out with, and this is going to be rolled out in July, is a is a pricing model change where you're gonna actually um, you'll get a fixed amount of like, like 80 gig mm-hmm. plus an extra few gig, I think it is, for each user. Yep. Uh, essentials or premium user that you have. So if you have like 20 users, you're going to get like an extra 40 gig, right? Yep. So, so the more, the more users you have, the more space you get, which totally makes sense, right? On top because, of 80 gig. Because you're paying a monthly subscription fee for those additional users. Yep. So if I've got 100 users and, and you've got 50 users, I should have more space. I have double the number right. of users, so I'm probably going to have double the amount of data right to store. Um, so that was a big announcement that, that Microsoft just came out with that, that is going to, I believe, and I, I think Microsoft honestly believes it's going to eliminate storage as uh, even an, an issue. Yeah, a consideration.
0: Right, and and it kind of touched on what you also said too. They've all they're also going to offer bulk pricing. So, for instance, if you buy the bulk pricing is to buy an additional hundred gigabytes of data. So right now, or as of July first, the cost will be five hundred dollars, which is basically five dollars per gigabyte. Right now, though, this is before July first. If you were to buy that same amount, it's four thousand dollars. Yes, a thirty-five hundred dollars savings. That's pretty yeah. huge. You know, 100, 100 gigabytes of data is a uh, is a lot of data.
2: Yeah, we have cu- we have customers, by the way, that are running that have been running uh, Dynamics NAV, right, or even now have upgraded to Business Central, and they've been on it for fifteen plus years, and their databases are ten gig or twenty yeah. gig, right? So very efficient. Higher, you know, there are some customers that have databases in the several hundred gig. For sure. Um, but my, you know, not I, your average. In reality, those are not the companies that are immediately going to be moving to business central online. Right. They're, That's they're going to continue to operate an on premise system because the, because of their size and scale and their uh, maybe integration requirements or whatever.
0: Customizations, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, exactly.
2: So, so that I, I think, I think effectively storage is effectively not even a consideration now with this new pricing structure.
0: Yeah, so storage isn't a consideration, speed isn't a consideration, look and feel isn't a consideration. Sounds to me like people just need to jump on and buy. There you go. Um, Some of the other couple little miscellaneous things that I got from Directions is, Microsoft Teams is fastly becoming the go-to platform for everything. The integrations with Business Central and and all the other software is, is, is pretty amazing. So if you're using Business Central and you're not using Microsoft Teams, I think it's definitely something that you want to explore using. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. Unfortunately, like when we were talking to Stacy, you know, you said, "Oh, do you use Teams?" Yeah. She doesn't. Well, that's that's like a corporate mandate that, right, like, right. they had previously, you know, previous to a year ago, probably implemented a um, because of their because they have a number of locations all over the U.S., right? So. So um, remote meeting technology was something that they had previously considered and implemented, yeah. right? Before Teams really uh, became a Yeah, like, popular in the pandemic
0: and everything, yeah. for sure. Yeah.
2: So, so so, there are those companies that we still deal with where they're still using other, technolo- other yeah. meeting technologies. Um, but I think you're right. I think what they're going to see is, hey – Maybe we should just use Teams.
0: Like- right. And, and full disclosure, I'm really talking when I say Microsoft Teams with Business Central, I'm really talking about Business Central online because of the integration. So, yeah. you know, people using NAV on-premise, not going to apply to them as much.
2: Please. I heard people referring on the street to you as Teams. <laughs> they just call you Michael Teams. That's right. Yeah. All That's
0: right. Yeah, I Mr. Teams <laughs> when I put the chains on Mr. Team. <laughs> um. All right, what else I heard and this is pretty good for all the on-premise customers, Business Central and also Dynamics GP on-premise is not going away. Uh, Microsoft said they have new releases, new releases scheduled through 2025 and beyond. So I was on the boat when I heard Business Central or when I saw what it was in the beginning was Project Maduro or whatnot. I immediately thought, oh, GP has got to be going away. But Microsoft says no, so... Um, competencies, there will be a developer certification, uh, competency for Microsoft Dynamics 365 Business Central returning. Um, when they said returning, I can't remember if this was part of NAV. Maybe there was, was,
2: yeah, there was a developer, yeah. uh, certification. Yeah. So But now that it, now that we've moved to AL Visual Studio Code, I'm sure it's going to be a completely revamped, Yeah. Uh, for sure.
0: C- certification. And to keep right along with competencies. Uh, Microsoft also said there is no specific competencies planned for manufacturing or warehouse components. So your business central competency, I guess, is just going to be general. Just
2: the m- implementer one that's out. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then one last final thing from Directions is app source billing. Um, Ken and I talked about this earlier, and Ken kind of stole my thunder as he knew about it. But Microsoft does intend to take over the billing for app source apps to provide customers with one invoice instead of. You know, you've got ten different apps on your thing, and you're getting ten different invoices from ten different companies. However, there's no roadmap for this right now. So, so by the way, I
2: didn't know it; I guessed it. Well, I I just right. said, let me guess. They're working on it. They know it's <laughs> something they need to do, but there's no specific plans at this point, right? Yeah, definitely guessed right. So, I, I yeah, I think we just have to be patient, yeah. uh, and that that it will it will roll around.
0: Um, anything you want to talk about from Direction? Yeah, I got a few,
2: th- few things. Um, so one of the announcements that came out um, recently was that um, if you're running Business Central, this is only for Business Central on-premise. Um, there used to be two um, SKUs that you could get licensed for if you wanted to do your own development. It was um, application builder and solution developer. Okay. And the solution developer license is effectively what a partner gets. Which allows you full access to all the source code, and um, so what they're saying is that uh, with the release of this this latest release here for on-prem, um, those tools are, are deprecated, no longer valid, and not needed. Um, so customers can develop using Visual Studio Code and AL uh, without um, those. Right, they're not needed anymore. All right. Um, but just noteworthy that you that you still if you're running on premise you still need to buy and pay for objects in the fifty thousand range, hmm. if you're going to be building custom tables, fields, reports, right. and so on. So that's just one little one little tidbit there. Um, that that, so that they're not out. going away. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, the other thing, a couple other little notes. Um, one, this is just a little note. Uh, there's a, there was a there's a company that's been around, Agilis. I uh, had a product called Agilis Workflow. Um, so maybe some people are familiar with it. They they became there. It's now called Aptian Advanced Workflow. Hmm. I so, um, I think they merged <coughs> with a company called Aptian. So they're rebranding Agilis Workflow to Aptian Advanced Workflow. Um, nice. So that's coming out. Uh, more more details coming out in July, and then um, one other little. Uh, note I wanted to mention this is not specifically related to Business Central, but it was news that came out over the last 30 days, which is that Microsoft has purchased a company called Nuance. I don't what know
0: is if you're Nuance? familiar
2: with Nuance. No? It's Microsoft's second largest acquisition ever. Wow. Uh, $19.7 billion purchase of a Boston area company, Nuance Communications. So AI? In- you got it, yeah. Nuance, a longtime leader in artificial intelligence fueled speech technology. I can see that. So that the primary application uh, is in healthcare. Oh, so, really? So Nuance, uh, their product is specifically related to healthcare, um, and and um, you know how mi- so Microsoft, it's a, it's a IT healthcare play yeah. for Microsoft.
0: It's interesting because I know Apple has one. And I think I remember Amazon was partnering with maybe like the likes of Warren Buffett or whatnot to provide some sort of healthcare stuff or whatnot too. So yeah. Interesting.
2: Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's AI um, within the healthcare industry. Uh, it's technology that's being used. You know, the, the question is um, what, you know, what else can be done with that? Right. So, so, Upon first glance, you're like, "Well, I'm a Business Central, you know, user. This really doesn't relate to me at all." And and there's a lot of purchases like that over the years. Yeah. Um, like Skype, for example, that you're like, "Okay, well, that doesn't directly relate to Dynamics NAV or Business Central to me." But now look where we are today. Skype has effectively become Teams, yep. and now Teams is fully integrated with Business Central. Yeah. So the question is, what may be down the road? several years from now maybe but having to do with how speech based ai right is integrated with business central can maybe. i can i just say to my computer you know um maybe. which salesperson has the most sales for 2022 yeah. and the answer spits back right on my screen
0: have, have you heard now they've got this speech ai thing where they, have you heard where they've they've recreated songs by deceased people like Amy Winehouse, Jimi Hendrix, where it was they take their voice and all the samples they have from their voice, and they actually create a song, and some of them sound just just like, like, yeah. Because of those
2: different fragments that they're able to kind of piece together. Yeah, it's
0: kind of scary. But speaking of artificial intelligence, maybe you could tell me if this is artificial intelligence. I was noticing this. I don't know if it was, this was earlier today or yesterday. I'm doing a, a, a you know sales order, purchase order type of thing, and I got the sales order open, and I'm I'm entering line items, and you know uh, you got to change the the amount that it costs or whatever. Um, so let's just say something cost it, it popped up at first as eighteen hundred, but now it costs two thousand. When I opened the purchase order, and I and I typed in the item number, it automatically changed it. To the 2000 and not the 1800, and I don't know if that's because both were open, and it recognized that I was kind of working along. Have, mm. you, have you seen that?
2: I I don't know exactly, but yeah, I, um, like I had
0: to do it a couple of times, and I'm like, I don't ever remember this happening before. I always have to change it on the purchase order.
2: So, so. they yeah well yeah so. I mean there's new st- every day like you know part part <laughs> of know, what we, it's like we we it's it's a struggle to keep up with with what's new. Right? Yeah, because yeah, I mean, these major releases every six months, there's just continuously new features. I used to yeah. joke, I think I said, like, uh, back when 20, 2018 came out, I said, 2017, I hardly knew you. <laughs> yeah. Because before you know it, there's a whole new load of new features and functionality that's coming out. And it's out.
0: like obsolete, yeah. Yeah. Pretty soon we going to have to put the tinfoil hats on to use this stuff, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, crazy. Um, is, it is exciting. So.
0: Yeah got a couple other little little things for uh, Business Central news. Um, there is a brand new Business Central blog that is hosted by Microsoft. And one of the disappointing things about this is, though, I went on this new blog. There's not really any. There's, I think, there's been two blog posts in the past six months. Like Microsoft isn't very diligent with keeping up with or creating blog posts for Business Central. They should hire you. Blog. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> no offense, Microsoft. I'm happy. <laughs> um, and then uh, two more things. First is, as of April 12th, the Microsoft Dynamics Business Central app is officially available for everybody to download in Microsoft Teams. And then uh, yeah. version 18 has begun rolling out, and I think you noticed something kind of interesting with with the version eighteen rollouts,
2: and I, I did the as non-rollout. I did, as a matter of fact. So, what I did was, so um, I got an I got an email notification because I've set myself up on my environment to get notifications when an update's coming out. So it said, "Hey, your update's coming out, and it's it's going to be scheduled for May tenth through June f- something first mm-hmm. or whatever." And I know that I know because I am a Business Central user <laughs> that I can go into the admin center. And I can actually schedule my upgrade on a certain date. So I scheduled, I changed Before it. Before the proposed date. I did, yeah. So I, I changed it from, it was a May 10th to June, whatever. I changed it to um, April 27th. Yeah. And um, so the next day, I got an update. And it said, hey, your environment's been updated. Wow. To, to the newest version before the right? time, yeah. Whatever the what's the new one? Eighteen? I lose track. Eighteen. Yep. Yeah. It's been updated, and I'm like, cool. So even though it told me it was scheduled for a couple weeks out, I was able to manually go in and change it for tomorrow, and or tonight, you know. And then it did it overnight, and I came in in the morning, and I had the email, and, and my environment was Pretty upgraded. Cool. So I'm like, awesome. So I logged in, and, and I was I'm looking at some of the stuff. And then I get another email that trickles in from one of my other environments that I'm set to receive notifications on, and it says, "Hey, just to let you know, we've temporarily put a pause Uh-oh. on upgrading all environments <laughs> to version 18." <laughs> it so, means they missed something. So, right, yeah. So, so long story short is is there is currently, as we as we sit here today, uh, t- at the end of April, a temporary pause on deploying these updates into production environments. Yeah. Um, but
0: – Issues fixed pretty quickly.
2: I'm sure there will be an update that gets applied, you know. But yeah. but, but I've already updated. So, so
0: you're I'm not sure what exactly. Yeah.
2: It's probably conflicting with some
0: some extension or, you know, some Microsoft extension
2: yeah. that's new or that – I, I haven't seen any issues or had any issues. I've been in there doing some things. Um, so – you know, so far, so good. All right. Anything else? Uh, No, not for nope. the news. No, I think I'm good. We covered quite a bit of ground here. We did. We did.
0: And next up, we've got Professor Ken going to be talking about Job Web and Business Central. This month's Business Central feature is something that, as of late, it seems more and more people are interested in, so there's no better time to learn about job JobWhip, then the presence. So, Professor Ken, take it away. Sure. Thank
2: you, Michael. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what we want to talk about here is, um, you know, a module within Business Central called Jobs. So this is always one of the fun topics of discussion uh, that we have with, our, with customers and users is, um, you know, oh, I see that Business Central has a Jobs module should we be using that right so a lot of people call themselves job shops
1: Uh
2: Um, and um i'd say almost half the time the fact that you describe yourself as a job shop means that you should be using the jobs module and the other half of the time it means you should be using the manufacturing module really right Hmm. right because a lot of people think of themselves they'll say well We're a job shop because we're only going to make this item when we get an order for it, right? And you go, okay, well, that could be just a made-to-order manufacturer, Mm -hmm. not necessarily a job shop. So there's always an interesting conversation about how companies see themselves or describe themselves. Um, and, And ultimately, what it boils down to is... Kind of the structure of what you're building, right? So, um, someone who is, let's say, uh, we build um, bicycles, right? Okay. But but we and so we have some we have some standard model bicycles that we build, but then we're also going to work with some companies that want us to manufacture bicycles for them, and we're going to change up a few things. In that model, I have a bill of material, right? And it it could be a multi-level indented structured bill of material and and maybe a routing process that says these are the steps that we're going to go through to do this. And and I want to track labor and consume materials and and so on. That very well could just be manufacturing. It could also be done in the jobs module. So you go, well, well, what the hell? How how do I pick, how do I choose? What I would tell you is that um, there's a possibility that you could use either. However, um, the jobs module is really, think of a job as a one-off, right? It's a unique project that we're gonna be doing. Okay. Um, So a, a common example of that is someone who builds customized machines. Right. That's a good use of of jobs where
0: each project is a one. Each
2: machine is unique. I'm building it specifically for someone's or my favorite example is a a custom motorcycle shop. Mm. Right. You come in with a design. You want this type of this gas tank that looks like this put on it. You want these types of handlebars. I'm going to be custom manufacturing those handlebars. I'm never going to do it again. Gotcha right I, you've given me these specs so i, I don't want to i'm not going to go through the process of building a detailed bill of material right why would i set up all these items and components i'm going to i'm going to build them as i go through this job for this job they're going to be consumed into the job That's and i'm never going to do them again right right so those are the, those are the types of things that become jobs The other example is where you're going to you have a you're going to be building something and it's or or maybe a group of something and it's going to take several months. Right. And your the way you're billing the customer or when you're billing the customer does not associate directly with when you're consuming all your expenses and costs.
0: That's a distinguishing characteristic of a job shop. Correct.
2: Yep. So let's say let's because we're at a, a shot of business central and a beer. A good example of a job would be that that um, we're going to be custom building some new equipment for our newest brewery location. We're going to open up a brewery in um, uh, on the East Coast somewhere. And so we're going to need some custom-designed tanks and pipelines and, and a, a bar, so some woodwork for a custom bar we're going to have built. We're going to need labor, right? We're going to have to send some of this stuff out for finishing maybe, right? We're going to have shipping costs because we're going to have to ship this. We're going to have to have it manufactured and then shipped to this location. That's a good example of a job, right? Or an office remodel maybe, where I have to purchase a bunch of furniture, but then I have to hire painters, electricians, other types of service people. And when I'm going to do this work, I'm going to be, we're going to be customized, custom building this, this, this brewery. Um, we're going to want to collect a deposit from the customer. Right? And this is where job and job whip, work and process comes into play. Okay. So let's say that what's it going to cost us to build out this new brewery? Let's
0: just say, I don't know, a million dollars. A million dollars. That's going to be a nice brewery. Yeah, very nice. All right. Go big or go home. So it's going to be a million
2: dollars. So so our customer, right, has said, hey, Ken and, Ken and Michael, we want you guys to custom build. We need all this custom, uh, you know, brew tanks, yeah. pipelines, storage tanks, but also a kitchen, maybe some kitchen equipment and, and – and, um, Dining room, sure. yeah, furniture, dining room, exactly. bar yeah. stools, right. a bar, some counters and cabinets and everything. So we're gonna we're gonna set up a new job in Business Central, and we're gonna associate this job with a customer who's having us build this for them. And we're gonna say we 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 go through all these numbers and we estimate these are all the materials we're gonna need, right? Um, and and I'm not gonna say, well, I'm gonna make this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece. I'm just gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna need a um, 1,000 pounds of rolled steel for the tanks. And I'm gonna need 152 by fours and 104 by fours. Right? The raw materials that I'm gonna need is what I, what I put there as my order, or the materials that I'm gonna budget. And then all my estimated labor, uh, maybe some outside processes, some shipping costs. I put in all these different types of costs, travel expenses for my team to go out and actually install this stuff yeah. there, airfare and hotel and all that. I can estimate all those types of things as job costs on the job. And then when I tell the customers, hey, it's going to cost you a million bucks. And you go, yep. That, they go, yep, that's great. A million bucks. And I say, all right, guess what? I need, I need a deposit from you for $250,000 because I'm gonna to have to order all this stuff and I'm gonna to have to pay my people pocket, yeah. while we're producing it. Um, and so I'm gonna ask for a deposit, 250,000. Sure. Well, in the normal world, and when if I'm doing sales invoices to a customer, when I invoice the customer, I have to bill them for something, right? And then I also, accum- I, I book revenue. Well, in this case, I cannot book revenue just because I charged you $250,000 on a a deposit invoice. So that's where job whip comes into play. Job whip says when I bill the customer for something, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm recognizing revenue or costs. Instead, I have a a method that I'm going to set that says how and when we want to book revenue and costs for this job. So, um, right. So, what I really would want to do is I'd want to take that two hundred fifty thousand dollar check, I deposit it, and I and I book it. It's a it's a um, it's like a prepaid mm-hmm. uh, prepayment from the customer. Right. So people call it like deferred revenue, where I have to track that on my balance sheet that I have your money, but I can't yet book that revenue. Okay. So there there's multiple methods that describe. How and when I can go about booking that revenue, and that's where job whip comes into play, and that's why the jobs module can be so useful for these types of companies that are working on these projects. So, for example, the the, the simplest, I believe, uh, of the WIP methods is called um, completed contract. Okay. So what completed contract says is. I don't care what you're billing the customer for this job. You can bill them 25%, 25%, 25%, right? Over over three months or whatever that you're working on it. But we are not going to book any revenue or book any costs to our income statement until we complete the job, right? So that's the simplest. So as these as these costs accumulate, I'm purchasing materials, I'm applying labor costs to the job. I'm paying for freight or travel expenses or engineering and design time. All those costs are being accumulated in what we call job whip on the balance sheet, like as an asset. And all my revenue that I've billed the customer is sitting on my balance sheet. And then once I finish the job, it says, okay, you're now complete with this job. Book all your billings as revenue and book all your costs as cost of goods sold and do it in the same month so that it's it's all hitting in the same month okay right cuz the the, alterna- so, the alternative is if i've done it over 4 months i don't want to see $250,000 in revenue over 4 months and maybe one month has a $250,000 gain the next month when i consumed all my materials i lost 100,000 I want all that to sit on the balance sheet and then recognize it at the end.
0: So, so is this is this style more for then <clears throat> keeping track of financials, or is it more for an organization type of uh, purpose?
2: It's more for financials. Okay, right for financial reporting. Like, how and when do we are we able to recognize revenue on this job? And then the WIP method makes sure that you're using that process. But also then that you're matching the associated costs with that revenue in the same period. So it, it avoids this this wide fluctuations right. in profitability month to month.
0: Right. Right. Because of different
2: jobs. Yeah. So let's go to another another WIP method. Another WIP method is is percentage of completion. And this recognizes your revenue on the job proportionately based on the percentage of completion by looking at your total expected costs compared to your total actual costs. So, so does
0: it matter which, I mean, can you use either or? Is it personal? Each
2: job can have a different WIP method assigned to it. So okay. you could have different types of jobs that have different WIP methods assigned.
0: But in the end, is the ultimate... Financial reporting the same, I guess.
2: Well, it, it depends month to month. If let's say all depends. of these are four month jobs for a million dollars, right? in In the in the completed contract method, I'm going to book zero as cost and revenue for the first three months, right? And in month four, I'm going to book Everything. a million in revenue and maybe let's say eight hundred thousand in costs. Right. So and then the
0: next tile will be two fifty. 250
2: over four months. So percentage of completion. So let's say like we're gonna bill them a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Our costs are gonna be eight hundred thousand over four months. So we're gonna we're gonna make two hundred thousand right in profit. Okay. Now let's say in this job I bill the customer for two hundred and fifty thousand for a deposit, and then I also incur four hundred thousand dollars in cost in month one,
0: okay,
2: which is half of all my costs right? because I had to order, I Everything had to purchase front, yeah. all the stuff up front and I had a bunch of labor to mm-hmm. maybe your other expenses. So under a under a percentage of completion with method, what happens is it says, well, wait, you estimated your total um, costs were going to be 800,000. In this month, you booked 400,000 or 50% of your costs. So let's book 50% or $400,000 as your cost and then let's book a proportionate amount of your expected revenue as revenue or $500,000. So in that month, I'll have $500,000 in revenue and $400,000 in cost. So So I'm matching my revenue and my my profit margin of 20%. Is going to stay twenty percent every month. And it's gonna be based on the actual percentage of costs that I've incurred compared to my total expected.
0: So my question is though, if the end result is the same for the different whip styles, right? How do you know which one to choose or does it matter which one you choose, or just is it really based upon your accounting? reporting style i guess correct it's
2: based on those your organizational decisions of how and when you want to recognize revenue there are cases where gap generally accepted accounting principles dictate how and when you should rec- when you can recognize revenue okay. or when you should recognize revenue right so there are there are s- different Some industries that and different support. different types of things that you could be selling through a job that dictate that you book, you book your revenue and costs differently. Okay. Um, but usually, um, most of them, it's a lot of times like an, 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 a piece, someone who's manufacturing a custom piece of equipment for someone, um, like a motorcycle or something, let's say, uh, or, or other device, uh, they're, they're going to book all the revenue upon shipment, which is really kind of completed contract. Okay. Right? So, um, but uh, construction industry, right? Maybe percentage of completion. So that says we've booked, we've incurred half of our costs on this job so far, so we should be able to book half of our revenue.
0: Gotcha. Right. Makes sense.
2: Um, another, just a th- final option. There's five total out of the box options. But oh, really? just to give one more example is um, one that um, is called um, cost of sales, I'm um, sorry. Hold on. I think it's sales value that says on this job, I want to book revenue based on when I bill it. But then also book my expected amount of cost of goods sold also in that month. So what, again, it, it smooths out your profitability, right? right? So in my, let's go back to my example where we, in month one of this four-month project for a million dollars in revenue and 800000 in cost. I I billed the customer 250,000 and then I incurred 400,000 of actual costs. Under the, under the sales value if I've billed 250 so I want to book revenue of 250. Now I've actually reported 400,000 in costs, right? Mm-hmm. What it will do is it will see that I've I've booked 250,000 in revenue, which is 25% of my total revenue. So it will say, well, let's only book twenty-five percent of your costs as cost of goods sold. So it will do an adjustment to book two hundred thousand in cost and then take the other two hundred thousand in cost and move it into my job whip account on my balance sheet. Oh, pretty nice. So
0: and, yeah. So are these just the options you can choose? Per job, yes. Nice. Very nice. And we
2: actually have people that are using this that change their job WIP methods mid-job. Really? Really. So it's month <laughs> to month. So you book your WIP entries for for month one. Yeah. When you get to the end of month two, you're going to calculate new WIP values. Well, what it does is it does actually two entries. It does a reversal of month one and the new booking of month two.
0: So why switch though? You just... Don't like the way it's. Um, on the-
2: Conservative accounting principles gotcha. sometimes dictate that you you use one method, um, but then if you become like where you're over budget, you switch. You switch so that you're recognizing those yeah. sooner. Makes sense. Those, those losses sooner than rather than later. Mm-hmm. There are some legit reasons there. I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm a failed accountant. There, there may <laughs> okay. be some illegitimate reasons that people would change their WIP methods in the middle of a job. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but the thing is, you, you can pick and choose job by job. Some jobs you may not even have a WIP method applied. In that case, Business Central is just going to book your actual revenue and costs based on when you post those invoices and post those costs. So you don't have to use WIP. You can just say, I just like on a service job, right? <clears throat> if you're just mm-hmm. doing some a small service job, you may not have a WIP method. You may just say, we're just going to post these costs as they're incurred and bill the customers when they're billed. Because okay. it's small, it's immaterial. Right. It doesn't make sense to, to go through this WIP method. Um, but on the other hand, I, I would say, well, yeah, but why not just use completed contract then? So when you complete the service job, you book all your costs, all your revenue. In gotcha. the month that you complete it. Because you might cross over multiple months, right? Right. You start the service job on the 28th of the month, and incur some costs, and now you finish it on the third of the next month. It, it it doesn't hurt anything. And why I say that is because, and this is huge, this is really the, the piece Pretty de wrong. resistance, yeah. you know, <laughs> is when you get to the end of the month, let's say you have 150 open jobs, You get to the end of the month. Most of the customers we deploy on Business Central that are starting using jobs, I say, how do you book revenue today? How do you track all this job whip?" They say, I have a huge spreadsheet. At the end of the month, I have to get all these totals. I have to update the spreadsheet. It takes me two days. It takes me a week. We have to all get together, we have to talk to each other, we have to make decisions, we have to figure this out, and it takes a long time. In Business Central, you go into the job Whip page, it pulls up all your jobs, you hit a button called Calculate Whip. it, it evaluates all the jobs, looks at the Whip method, looks at all of your actual costs, all of your expected costs and budgets and billings, and it calculates all these values for you. You have an opportunity to review them for reasonableness, right? And, mm-hmm. and see the entries yeah. that it made. If you like it, you hit a post whip button. And that's it. And you're done. And so we, you're
0: going from days and week or whatever
2: down to ten minutes. Wow. Yeah. It's a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> and and that is the power of the of the job whip method is, is when you get to the end of the month and it's a it's automated. It's accurate, right, because the system's doing all the math and the formulas. Right. It's based on the data that's in the system. We do have the ability to change the WIP method if we have to. Um, and also we have a full audit trail because it doesn't delete any of the prior month's WIP values. It leaves those there. It just reverses the previous month's ones in the current month and posts yeah. the new one. So I can still go back and say, what was my job whip value as of December 31st, 2020? And I can see a report that that shows that. Pretty amazing. So this is a really powerful tool. Um, You know, if you're doing jobs, again, I I like to think of the custom motorcycle shop as the perfect example of where you'd want to use jobs, right? I don't want to create a bill of material that... That shows all of the pieces and components that I'm going to put into that rear wheel assembly. Right. Right. I just want to say, hey, I need to order one of these tires. I need to order. I'm going to. I'm going to make a rim. I need to order um, mm-hmm. an axle or whatever. It's all
0: for a one-off products.
2: So it's the. I, I don't have a, a structured bill of material. Yeah. I just have all the pieces, a flat bill of material, if you will, or the pieces that I need to make it. And and, and the, the job tasks describe the various tasks that I have to do to build that motorcycle. And those can be, I could just have maybe two or three tasks that describe the major elements of building that. Or I could have a hundred tasks and I break it down very granularly. And to, you know, build, uh, ma- uh, you know, um, design, the, design the gas tank. Right. Another one to manufacture the gas tank. Another one to paint the gas tank. So there's there's really no rules of how detailed or how summary yeah, I mean. level you can build a job task. It's really just any level at which you want to be able to monitor your budgeted costs versus your actual costs. Now,
0: licensing wise, you have to be a Business Central premium user. I'm assuming
2: uh, jobs, I believe, is included with the essentials. Oh,
0: nice, yep. even better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think we we may have actually recorded a session, um, maybe about a year ago, jobs versus manufacturing.
0: Yeah, assembly orders versus production orders and whatnot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, oh, was that assembly? Okay, so assembly that was orders, assembly not orders not versus production orders. Yeah. Right. So so let me just cover a couple things when you say well am I you know my jobs or my am, am I manufacturing the great the great debate, right? <laughs> this is. And this is really something that you should talk to someone who knows like what they're talking about, right? It's where so your partner comes in right? Yeah, exactly. You know, again, I mean manufacturing is even if it's a if it's a custom type product that you're building. If someone is building a formal bill of material and they're building the items and components and sub-assemblies that are going to be produced to make that finish good, that's where you're you're using manufacturing and production orders. If instead, like on the custom motorcycle, you just say, hey, I need this much sheet metal. I need this much uh, paint. I need this much. I need a couple handles. I need a seat. I need this. I need that. And then the tasks are where I'm actually just... Um, I guess like virtually or like uh, building that together, that's where jobs comes into play. I don't want to have to go through the process of building all these multiple levels and indented bomb structures and creating routings and scheduling capacity. All that's manufacturing. And that's all in business central manufacturing. The jobs is where, again, it's a unique, I've got some engineering that's going to go on in there, custom designing some stuff. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna sell it, and I'm and I'm not gonna do it again.
0: Right. Want to give everybody a quick uh, thing to let them know what assembly would be then?
2: So yeah, well we're okay. So yeah, so now you're like, well, what about assembly? You just said assembly. Yeah. What the hell's assembly? <laughs> assembly is um, think of that as like the term like that. Other people might be familiar with is like kidding. Assembly is a very simple process where I'm taking multiple components and I'm producing a finished good. And, and what I mean by that is a simple process is I can create an assembly order. Let's say I'm gonna make um, uh, a thousand, uh, what, 12 packs of beer. Sure. Right? And so I'm gonna create an assembly order for a thousand 12 packs and I'm gonna use a thousand boxes 1,000 labels and 12,000 cans of beer. And I'm gonna go do that process. And when I get done, I'm just gonna hit post. And it's gonna put 1,000 12-packs into inventory. It's gonna consume 12,000 cans, 12,000 labels, 12,000 boxes. I don't have the ability to uh, uh, do shop floor labor time entry. I can't report scrap. I can't um, consume my quantities before posting my output. Those are things where manufacturing comes into play, right? So think of assembly orders—that simple process. I'm doing something. I'm going to tell it how many I made at the end, and it's going to put that into stock and backflush all my components. Now, do
0: you see a lot of a lot of a lot of companies confuse? Um, confuse, I guess. Themselves with being a job shop or manufacturer, or a manufacturer being a job shop, or do they primarily know what they are? Because um, I know with assembly orders versus production orders, and, you know, manufacturing versus assembly, a lot of a lot of times you guys have had to go in there and, and yep. say, "No, you're not really assembly; you fall more more into this category." Correct. You see that a lot with I, job shops and manufacturers.
2: Yeah. So what what we see is generally someone who says um, we're a job shop. Sometimes they are truly a job shop. They use jobs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're really like a made-to-order manufacturer. Gotcha. But what we don't see is someone saying, I need manufacturing software. And they end up being jobs. That doesn't happen because the people that think of themselves as manufacturers, they know they have structured bill of materials and routings and maybe doing some back flush, some manual flush, uh, capacity planning, MRP,
1: yeah.
2: all of those things are, are traditional manufacturing. And someone who's doing that, they know I'm a manufacturer. It's more more. sometimes people say we're a job shop and it turns out that they actually are a much better fit for manufacturing. Yeah. Right? It's That's just they're a manufacturer. It's just all their parts are custom created for one customer, Right. So they think of themselves as a job shop. Because they're like, Well, I only make a part and that part is specific for one customer. And I'll say, Well, yeah, but will the customer maybe call you up and reorder it in the future? Yeah. And they go, Well, yeah, they yeah, once we have the product, they'll reorder periodically. And I'll say, Well, and then you'll produce them periodically? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that that's manufacturing.
0: So really one of the main determining factors is whether or not your job shop is if it's a one off product or whatnot. That's right. Like your Orange County choppers Motorcycle builders. Exactly. That type of thing. Yep. And, and not to get too much off topic here, but I've been seeing a lot lately where people have talked about how they've used MRP as an ERP. Do you see that a lot or no? Um,
2: well, what I see in the small to midsize segment is, um, and I, I, I don't necessarily view this as a, as a negative, by the way, is companies that, that really can't effectively run MRP. Uh And what I mean by that is that they're they're a small to mid-sized business. They need agility and they need to be flexible and change the plan today, right? The customer calls up today, changes their their delivery date from, from tomorrow to the next day. We adapt, that's what we do, right? It's, it's one of, right. it's one of a small to mid-sized company's strengths right. is that flexibility, customer service, adaptability. Well, that plays havoc on an MRP where you're building a production schedule for a week yeah. and you're, and you're locking it or freezing it, right? They call it freeze, a frozen schedule, yeah. right? It, 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 it's in rewarding. a small company that needs to be nimble and quick, it doesn't really work that well, um, yeah. so you see that's where you see things like other reports that they're running or other ways that they're kind of working maybe around uh, the system to get stuff expedited or done. Um, and again, I don't think it's a negative. I think it's it's part of the company's strength. It's just that you 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 know you have to understand you can't, it's like having your cake and eat it too, right? Yeah. I want the system to build the plan for me and structure it. Well, fine. But you can't then set that plan and then an hour later say, you know what? I don't want to follow that plan. Can you work on this right (laughs) Right, now? Because because the customer just called and they're pissed. Yeah. Right? So let's do this. That – you just blew up your whole plan because there's so many dependencies, right, on that task that I was supposed to have done by 11 so it could move to the next operation. And and, and you have this – the impact is huge. So – um, but yeah, we've been seeing a ton of action though on, on companies that, that are job based organizations interested in business central and, and the, the flexibility and ease of setting up a job and making it a, a very simple structure combined with the ability of you, of using the WIP methods to give you flexibility and to, to build a customer whenever you want. Under whatever terms you want, that doesn't, but and then have the system manage all the revenue recognition and cost recognition for you
0: in a matter of minutes.
2: That's right. huge, yeah. right? And that's that's where it really shines. It's like, why are we doing all this work, right? Well, yeah. that's why, because at the end of the month, you have reliable numbers that are automatically calculated for you,
0: right? right. That you can depend it sounds on. Sounds good. Sounds really good. So, well, thank you, Professor Ken, for the. Uh, The jobs, uh,
2: schooling. There will be a quiz uh, in the next segment.
0: As long as I can ask questions. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we we will do an online quiz, maybe. (laughs) There you go. All right, next up, we're going to talk about uh, three new, brand new Microsoft Business Central apps that will be coming to AppSource shortly. So stay tuned.
2: Hey everybody, welcome back to our next segment here. Uh, this is Ken Sabahar and uh, we're gonna be hitting uh, some apps. So our app spotlight uh, session. And today we're gonna be talking about a few new apps that are coming out or have or recently come out that have been developed by Microsoft. And yep. so I'm gonna let Michael go ahead and clue us in on some of these details.
0: Yeah, so like you said, we're going to be doing a little bit uh, something different this month instead of talking about apps that we've actually got to try out or whatnot. We're going to talk about three apps that Microsoft is pretty excited about that is coming out. Now, I think Square, and I think I know Square, which is one of the apps, is actually on AppSource. So yep. Well, let's start with Bill.com. Um, that's the actual name of the company and also the website. So who is Bill.com? Uh, Bill.com is a leading provider of cloud based software that automates complex back office financial operations for SM, uh, SMBs. So, what does this app do? Uh, it will allow you to streamline accounts payables and receivables, automation workflows, and payments. Uh, mutual customers will now be able to take control of their financial processes, save time, and scale with confidence through the power of integrations accounts payables and accounts receivables, intelligent automation workflows and payments. So, sounds like a financial app to me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it does basically, so so it's a way that I can, let me see if I can in layman's terms, kind of regurgitate what you just said. So from an accounts receivable perspective, I can use this as my method of delivering my invoices to my customers tracking the, the the if those have been paid or not, actually getting paid for those, and then syncing up that data in, in business subject.
0: Yep, exactly. So, benefits include reduce manual entry errors through active two-way sync, uh, improve team productivity by going paperless to make payments, manage approval workflows, and control cash flow. And if anybody has gone through the pandemic, like I guess we all have over the past year, paperless is becoming a sort of a buzzword and a uh, goal that a lot of people want to shoot for. And last but not least, you can reconcile accounts faster because payments are paired with their matching invoices. Uh, Haven't seen it work. Just heard this from one of the Microsoft representatives at Directions. So I'm interested to see See uh, how it plays out.
2: It's also kind of an easy way. I think they support ACH and credit card for payments. Oh. So you're kind of letting Bill.com handle all the payments. And Which makes all sense the, with a name like Bill.com. All that, right? So yeah. you don't have to deal with, with a lot of that hassle.
0: Exactly. All right, next up we've got Square. Everybody or most people have probably heard of Square uh, Square Payment or have actually used Square Payment when you go somewhere and pay for something. So who is Square? They are a publicly traded financial services and digital uh, payments company that is based in San Francisco, California. You know, like I said, most of us have heard of or used SquarePay before. So what does this do for Business Central? It does exactly what it does for other other times when you've used it. It lets you accept, accept payments quickly, easily, and securely so you don't ever miss a sale. So whether you're selling in person, online, or on the go, Square is going to help you get paid fast and every single time. Uh, right now, you can find the Square Payments app on App and it will automatically sync with Dynamics 365 Business Central, so you know you're able to keep all of your payments in, in in one place.
2: Yeah, and I don't know the details of this, but I know like typically the you know Square originally it was a, a point of sale device, right? Right. So so you could be uh, uh, beer, uh, You could be a beer vendor. Yep. You could be a beer vendor walking around selling beers and then uh, accepting credit card payments on your on a square device yep so to record that that ca- that credit card payment
0: yeah right. now i've gone I, I visit a lot of different coffee shops and a lot of these little coffee shops actually use square as their their i guess point of sale whatever you want to call it so it it only makes sense that they they'd venture into business central especially since it's a growing type of uh, software and next up we have an app by the uh, ODP Corporation, which is uh, basically the, the, the uh, parent company of Office Depot. So what is, is the app that they're, they've created? It's a digital procurement platform that is going to help you automate repeatable tasks, equip people with real-time insights and analytics through artificial intelligence to help your organization embrace digital sourcing and purchasing. Um, according to the press release, as part of the collaboration with Microsoft, ODP will leverage Microsoft Azure to migrate existing workloads and legacy systems to, to Azure. ODP is working to bring the power of ODP's new digital procurement technology platform to Business Central customers to help them realize immediate purchase savings and procurement automation. So what I gather from this is they're going to lever the, leverage the power of artificial intelligence and Azure. To help you save money by showing you different types of items that you can procure for the best price.
2: Yeah, and and integrate that with maybe purchase orders inside Business Central. Could be,
0: definitely could be. But not too much. I don't know what they're gonna call the name of the app. I don't know if they're gonna call it just ODP procurement or something. But.
2: Yep, that um, that certainly will be interesting. I mean, you know, a lot of uh, business to business purchasing. Right. A lot of uh, we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, where there's integrated portals and things like that. Ariba was a company years ago that was out that, um, you know, they had like a procurement portal that companies would use that they then integrated with their ERP system to auto create the purchase orders and everything. So my guess is maybe this is something similar to that, where data is being shared between your ERP And this ordering portal and maybe... How do you
0: think this is something to kind of combat um, the inefficiencies, I guess, of having a global supply chain through the pandemic where, you know, it wasn't as beneficial to start getting resources and, 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 and products and stuff from overseas? You want it to be more local or whatnot? Do you think that maybe they... They saw that as an, an issue.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, ultimately it's about allowing companies, you know, better tools to make them faster, more efficient with how they do their purchasing. Right. So instead of me having to go, like example, it, I, again, and I, I totally don't know the details of what, what yeah, this is going to do. Nobody really does. But. But, but basically, let's say that, like, I want to order some products. I would have to go out to some websites. I'd have to go do the, find the products I want look it up, and then I'd have to go back into Business Central, create a purchase order, right? Um, think about if I were able to go to some, a portal, do a search for, across multiple vendors, let's say, for a product, hit a button, and it creates a purchase order for me, right? Yeah. That type of simplicity um, and integration, uh, that's, that's potentially one of the types of things you can do. And also cost savings, right? Because... Now maybe I can compare pricing faster and easier, and maybe I wouldn't even compare pricing before. I would just be like, you know what? We need some of these. This is uh, the easiest one for me to buy it through. Let me buy it from them. Right. And now I have better tools that allow me to shop uh, for a better price.
0: And maybe this where sort the of artificial intelligence aspect will come in, right, where it will automatically know which product you want and show you the best price. Right. Yeah, and
2: I can look at it and go, well, this one says I need a hundred, but they can't have them to me for three weeks. Well, maybe I don't need them for three weeks, so that's fine, right? Right. Or, or I go, no, you know what, I need it tomorrow, and I only need ten, so let me, I'll pay a little bit more, but let me get them from these guys. So it's just giving you more visibility to pricing and Mm -hmm. uh, just better decision making.
0: Yeah, so I thought it was interesting with these apps, though, because really you don't hear too Microsoft talk too much about upcoming apps that are going to be on Business Central, or I, I mean, on AppSource. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. It, this is actually I'm, I'm looking. At, about it. I'm looking at an article right now on MarketWatch.com. Um, oh, really? A press release on ODP Corporation teams up with Microsoft to transform how businesses buy and sell. Um, it says ODP to leverage Microsoft Azure, bring its digital procurement platform to um, Business Central customers.
0: So yeah, fun fact. I Actually, got published on Market Watch once. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up another episode of a shot of business central and a beer. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Do not forget to oh, yeah, share this. But I think Ken has got one more thing. Yeah, no, I just want to
2: say, uh, Michael, I, I appreciate you being here today, oh, on your birthday, you. yeah, on your work anniversary, and for me, there's nothing better than spending time with the master of marketing, the prize winner of promotion, the slayer of sales, the top dog of trade, the wizard of web optimization, the prodigious producer of podcasts, the baddest ass blogger, the hero of hype, the maestro of messaging, the Pulitzer of publicity, the OG of PR, the big dog of ballyhoo, and uh, also, the king of kindness, the finest of friends, and the consummate co-worker.
0: Well, thank you so much, so, my friend. I appreciate that. Cheers thank to you. you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I love it. The prodig- that's great. Awesome. So
2: have, hope you have the best of days today.
0: Thank you. Yes. Always fun spending time with you and drinking some beers and talking about Business Central. So, uh, you know, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next month. And don't forget to uh, share the podcast. Go on iTunes or whatever whatever platform it is that you listen to us. Like it. Leave a comment if it's a good comment, we might actually share a comment on the on the podcast. So
2: Go Business Central.